Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Armor Report. Thanks for being here. I'm your host, Brett Rosenthal. Again, this is a show about stock market investing. All the information I supply on this show and on every show on this channel is information I use directly in my own portfolio when I manage my own capital and that of investors I work with through our interactive brokers affiliation. You can find out more about me on our website, RosenthalCapital.com. On that site, I have two uh, sections for for you to help you understand how to manage risk. So uh, everything we talk about on the show begins and ends with managing the risk in the portfolio and then trying to capture the upside. Today's show I call Week in Review. I'm starting something new for you guys. Every Friday will be a week in review. That means we have a lot to get to. There's a lot to talk about. Um, I'm going to cover many different topics today, um, ranging from the cannabis stocks to the blank stocks. I told you last uh, Wednesday, on Wednesday, that I was going to reveal a new sector where I'm really adding exposure, and I'm going to do that later in the show. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you where I'm going. It's not completely new. I've had a piece. I'm making that piece bigger. For those of you who follow closely, on our website, RosenthalCapital.com, I have two um, uh, sectors for you to help you follow what we're doing in our own portfolios. One is our risk-on, risk-off sector. I highly suggest you guys follow that sector of our homepage, okay? It tells you what our algorithms say about the top six indexes we use to drive all of our risk management decisions. The S&P, the NASDAQ 100, the Dow, small cap index, the IBD 50, and the momentum index. Those six indexes are our secret sauce. We have proprietary algorithms written to tell us when to add risk and when to take risk off. The way we use that for investors If you scroll down our homepage a bit, you'll see four model portfolios. Now, I don't know you. I can't tell you how to invest. I'm not giving you investing advice from the standpoint of go do this because I don't know you. That would be absurd. What I'm trying to share with you is a logical approach to managing your risk in your own portfolio. You have to decide what type of investor you are. Are you conservative? Are you aggressive? Are you index only? These are only questions you can answer. But on our website, I show you the big picture approach that our four portfolios are taking from conservative to balanced to aggressive and to index only using these ETFs. Okay, so if you're astute and you're watching that page, You may know what sector I'm talking about later in this show about where we are committing a lot more capital today. Um, So let's get to, let's jump into um, our week in review. Perhaps what you guys would like for me to discuss first is the cannabis space. You know this is one of our favorite investment themes. It will be 
a favorite investment theme over the next three to five to 10 years for us. But at the same time, you've heard me say repeatedly that we have to manage risk, that these stocks can drop 50% for no particular reason in a given month or two, because we're at the beginning of an investing super cycle. I hope you've been listening. If you're looking at our model portfolios on our homepage, RosenthalCapital.com, you will see a zero next to our cannabis position for our conservative investors. If you look at the date when we updated that, that was the 27th of June. Zero for our conservative portfolios. 5% for our balanced portfolios. 7.5% for our aggressive portfolios. That's it. That's all we have in our portfolios from a cannabis standpoint. So this nasty sell-off that's ensued and is getting aggressive and ugly today is not a negative for us. It doesn't change our opinion of the investing super cycle. It only gets us excited that these stocks are going to come right down to prices where we can buy weakness. What have I been telling you guys over and over again on this channel? Whether it be investing for beginners, whether it be investing in cannabis, whether it be how to invest in the stock market, all three of those playlists. I always talk about buying weakness and selling into strength. I always talk about using stop losses. I don't care how exciting an investment theme is. Go look at previous videos. You'll see I talk about protecting your capital first. Yes, I think cannabis is a huge investment opportunity. But just because I think that doesn't mean it's going up today or tomorrow or next week. We still have to manage risk. And I'm trying to help you guys do that. It's not going to be easy, this process. So what you want to be able to do is have a basket out there to collect these stocks when they get killed. And they're getting killed right now. What you don't want that to do is dissuade you from the idea that over the next three to five to ten years, we can make a lot of money in this space. If you get trapped, if your ego takes over, if you start forcing your will on the market and say these have to go up today, then you're going to get thumped and it's going to be very hard for you to make it to the extreme upside at some point in the next three to five to 10 years. So I've been saying for a while now, protect capital. I've been showing you on our homepage, the tiny allocation or zero allocation for conservative accounts for the cannabis stocks. So let's get to why they're getting wrecked. About four reasons. One, canopy growth is the bellwether. Right or wrong, it's the stock people follow because of the $4 billion from Constellation. Bruce Linton was fired. The last earnings announcement was a disaster. Margins collapsed from 50% down to 18%. 
I told you when Bruce was fired that that's not a bad thing for this company. I don't know when the stock will go up, but that's not a bad thing. This is, this is part of the growing pains of a new investment cycle. The guys who were there at the beginning are great entrepreneurs and innovators. But when you reach critical mass, you need operators. And so you're going to see a lot of this happen over the next year or so. Companies are bringing in – now, let's go look at Charlotte's Web, right? I keep talking about that stock's my favorite, and it's true. In my balanced and conservative accounts, we still own that stock. And the stock is performing better than most. Now, I mean, look, they're killing the space. So Charlotte's Web is going to come down because people just are selling cannabis in mass, and they don't care that Charlotte's Web is not a U.S. marijuana company. They sell hemp oil extract. It's a consumer packaged goods company. They brought in three new management members from all of the big consumer packaged goods companies that matter. One was pharmaceutical guy from Johnson and Johnson, this new CEO from Kellogg's. She used to run the $3 billion stack snack division and a gentleman from InBev. So they've got the right management team. They're dealing in a product that's not illegal on any level. Um, and their revenues are rampant, and they're one of the only companies that's actually cash flow positive and earnings positive. And the stock still is going to come down if they crush this whole space. And I still have stop losses in, and I'll still hop aside. I'm not going to argue the market. Markets want to kill them. Let them kill them. Go to cash. Wait to buy them in the basket later. Okay. So, one, the uncertainty around what's going on at Canopy has turned off a lot of investors to this space and freaked freak people out. Number two, a lot of the margin compression we see at Canopy is no doubt all across the board for Canadian LPs. They're building out and ramping up expenses to be ready for edibles in Q4, pretty much December of this year in Canada. So this is not an internet company. I mean, these guys, when they, this is a farming business. This is a consumer packaged goods business. They're ramping grow to what to match demand. And so while they ramp grow, margins compress. And then when they sell that grow, probably maybe Q1 of 2020, we'll start to see margins expand. And they may expand sooner than that once the heavy spending is done in the next two quarters. So we're in this you know, um, area right now from an earnings standpoint that's pretty ugly for the Canadian companies. A lot of spend to, to create the grow to meet the demand. That spend is happening without any new revenue ramps. So margins collapse. Okay, that's why these stocks are going down right now. Let's move on to the U.S. companies. The U.S. companies are in the midst of consolidation. Now, Harvest, Curaleaf, Acreage, and Cresco made big acquisitions, huge acquisitions, that are very positive for the industry. When they announced these deals, the stocks went up a lot. And in the last month or so, the Department of Justice has stepped in and said, wait a minute, we have to do research. We don't understand this space. We want to make sure um, that there's no antitrust issues, which I think is ridiculous. I mean, I understand why you, you do that research on a, on a, on a Sprint T-Mobile deal because you want to make sure there's competition. 
but there's massive amount of competition in cannabis. So uh, it, it's taken really, I think, the community by surprise. And so here's what we've got. These were four big announcements that everybody loved because there was a lot of synergies and revenue growth for these companies. These companies, in many cases, had to issue stock, raise cash to make these acquisitions. So the expenses are all there, but there's no recognition of the, of the upside of synergies and revenue until the DOJ signs off on it. And that could be three to six months from now. So all the analyst expectations of, of what, what were supposed to be you know, um, synergies and revenue ramps by Q4 this year aren't going to happen until sometime 2020. So these companies are – there's a lot of supply coming on the market and not a lot of revenue and synergies to show for it yet, and that has the street concerned. So these are the basic reasons. I'm trying to remember. There's a couple other reasons. Let me just take a peek at my notes here. No, I think that's it. Okay? Those are the basic reasons for the weakness that's ensued. And when you get a breakdown in a big name like Canopy, now let's go take a look at that chart together. Okay? I'm going to share this screen with you. I don't want to do that. Okay. All right. Can you guys all see that? There's the cup and handle. Classic cup and handle I was talking about. Here's the breakout on canopy growth. This is canopy growth. Every bar is a day. This is a daily chart. There's the breakout that failed. Okay. There's the breakdown below the 200-day moving average. Now, I didn't sell right there. I said, okay, I'm going to see if it can maintain the 200-day. And when it couldn't do that here on the breakdown, if you go look at our website, you'll see that we were reducing exposure on the 27th of June. That's right in here. Okay. And now when I say you'll see it, you'll see overall, I don't tell you about, you know, canopy growth on that website. I just give you big picture ideas of what we're doing. So when you see the 27th that we're reducing risk in our portfolio, this is what we need. Okay? And now, of course, this thing's breaking down. So this pattern is now over. We can go like this, and we can oops, go like this. I think it's time to do it and remove the text. That's oh, not working. All right, we'll all do this together. That cup and handle has just failed. Okay, we can remove all of this. Now we have to wait for another setup on a whole new chart pattern. So technical analysis is important in a portfolio. It sets up where the support and resistance is. You can't force your will on the market. If a breakout fails, you have to admit it and protect your capital so you can collect these stocks at cheaper prices. Just because it's a classic cup and handle doesn't guarantee it goes up. If a cup and handle fails, the beauty of that chart pattern is that you know where your stop is. It's easy. 
and you step aside and you wait for your next setup. And that's why I highlighted it for you. Okay. Um, so that's the cannabis story. I will leave you with this thought, just a little positive. Why do I still feel this is an unbelievable investment opportunity in the next three to five to 10 years? And why is it hard to be out of all these stocks? I don't like it. I don't like being out of it. And I'm looking for opportunities to get back in. There was a special committee, House of Representatives, a couple days ago. You can find this on YouTube. You can find this on my Twitter feed, hashtag Armor Report. I tweeted out some key facts from this advisory board. So let's just go over what this is. The House of Representatives and the Senate does this too. They put together committees, half Democrat, half Republican. They bring in people of a certain industry, and they grill them like crazy, right? A high-profile example of this is the Brett Kavanaugh or Justice Kavanaugh now um, uh, hearings. Right, So crazy bipartisan bickering, cutthroat stuff, try to tear apart the people, whether it be Kavanaugh or whomever. And this goes on all the time. There's the finance department that does it, finance committee, justice committee, you know, haul people in front of the justice committee. Okay. Well, a committee was put together a couple days ago to discuss the four bills that are making their way through Congress right now to um, even the playing field, let's call it, for U.S. cannabis companies. The most important being the idea of delisting marijuana from Schedule S-1. And then there was the Safe Banking Act they were talking about, and they're talking about the States Act. So these are the things they were discussing. So you had, you had a handful of Democrats and a handful of Republicans. You guys have to go watch this because I saw something I've never seen in my life. Maybe, you know, no, it's not hyperbole. It's true because, I, I mean, I've watched these things constantly. I have the TV on all day long watching these types of hearings. I've never seen this before. They had a panel of a prosecutor from Baltimore. They had a doctor on there. They had, you know, all different interesting people on the panel. And this committee, half Republicans, half Democrats, were asking these people questions about what needs to be done for marijuana and, and Schedule S-1. Every single guy on that board and every Democrat and Republican all agreed. They all agreed that legal action needs to change that laws need to change to make marijuana more accessible. All of them. I've never seen something where all Democrats and Republicans agree. It was fascinating to me. I kept waiting for somebody. The guy on the conservative right from a Republican state that doesn't even, that doesn't have cannabis approval yet, even he agreed that the Schedule One listing is ridiculous. And, of course, the progressive guy on the left, you know, already we all know he thinks it. So the point is everybody was in agreement. When have you ever seen 
a topic brought up in a, a committee in Congress where everybody agrees. It was fascinating. Let me just tell you this one thing that really shocked me. I didn't even know this, and I'm an investor in the space. I'm not doing my homework. Okay, we all know marijuana is on Schedule S1. And we know right next to Schedule S1 is on, you know, marijuana is listed right next to LSD and heroin. S1 is the most dangerous listing, the worst possible substance. Then there's S2 and S3. S2 is less terrible. S3 is, is not terrible at all. And can be S3 is, is, a, is a way to use a substance, put it on the S3 list, and you can do all kinds of research to see if you can cure diseases. So S2 is less dangerous than a product on S1. S1 is marijuana, LSD, and heroin. What do you think's on Schedule S2? You can comment right now. You're watching it right now? Go ahead and comment. What was on Schedule S2? Do you know? Maybe you follow my Twitter feed. You know now. Cocaine and fentanyl. Cocaine and fentanyl are considered by your federal government to be less dangerous than marijuana. Now, let's just all be clear on this, right? There's not a person on earth who's ever overdosed on marijuana. It's not possible. You might pass out. You might fall asleep. You might throw up. You don't overdose and die. People die from fentanyl and cocaine every day. And our federal government thinks marijuana is more dangerous. Obviously, obviously, the rules and the laws are going to change. Every Democrat and Republican agreed on that, on that subcommittee. And the day that happens, these U.S. marijuana stocks go through the roof. Even if it just gets moved to Schedule S3, which allows for researchers and medical you know, companies all over the country to start doing research and growing weed and using weed to do things to create cures. That will delist it from S1. Number one, that would be a trigger event. And acreage will go up 40% the next day because that's the takeout price. Number two, the minute marijuana leaves S1, the onerous tax burden on all of these marijuana companies goes away. 280E is no longer valid. They all become profitable. Like They double their profits overnight. It's crazy. You wouldn't believe what they're paying in taxes. You guys have to go watch this video if you consider yourselves real cannabis investing connoisseurs. It's fascinating. All right, let's move on. Um, this is the big reveal. This sector that I'm adding exposure to in my portfolio and for investors that I work with is the energy space. Now, I'm going to update our website today before the close. If you go down and look uh, at our four model portfolios, you'll see energy is a position in the portfolio. And I've talked about the pipelines on previous videos. AMLP is the ETF 
that embodies the pipelines. It's better than an 8% yield. We've owned it for a while now. I'm collecting, actually, in our portfolio, is about 8.5% yield, and our principal's up. And I showed you a chart recently of AMLP. I just did a video about this. It's on the playlist, where you could see the breakout occurring above 10 on AMLP. I'm expanding our exposure. We're taking positions in Exxon at a 4.5% yield and in Schlumberger at a 5% yield. So this is expanding our dividend play. For those of us who are more aggressive, we're even buying the E&P companies through the ETF XOP. I am not recommending you go do this. I don't know your portfolio, guys. This is not an equity recommendation. I'm just telling you what's in my portfolio to give you thoughts for you to do your own homework. Go do your own research. Quick note on why I'm buying XOP. Hang on a second. It's a live trading desk. Just a second. Talk to me. No, no, kill it, kill it. I'll talk to you later. Okay, listen to me. Quick note on ETFs. I like to go to ETF.com to see what's in the ETF. Okay, reason I do this, just to give you an example. Um, People ask me, why don't I buy XLE, which is the big cap energy companies? Well, if you go look at XLE, two stocks make up 40% of that ETF, Exxon and Chevron. Chevron's a 3.5% yield. Exxon's a 4.5% yield. Okay? So I don't see the benefit of the ETF there. I could just buy those two stocks. I mean, that's basically the whole thing. And in this case, I'm buying Exxon at a higher yield. If I go into OIH, which is the um, energy um, support companies, Schlumberger is the biggest stock in that ETF, like 20% or something. So I'd rather just own Schlumberger and pick up the 5% yield. But if you look at XOP, it's pretty much equally weighted across all the E&P companies. So I buy the ETF in that case because there's no big weighting in one name where I'd rather just buy that name. Okay, and I'm spreading my risk out by owning that ETF. So there's your big reveal. I'm adding that position to the portfolio and I'm, I'm expanding it. The reasons, very simply, um, we have lower interest rates and central banks around the world that are devaluing currencies. That means commodities are starting, starting to move higher. You look at gold, it's had a huge month. I don't own it yet. I'll probably talk to you about that on this channel over the coming weeks. I'm doing energy because I like the yield there, the energy stocks. If there's ever a trade deal that's cut, energy prices go up. Bullish for the world economy. If there's ever real tensions that explode in Iran, energy goes up. Energy's already collapsed, guys. Look at the price of energy. It got crushed 
So we're buying weakness. And we'll sell some into strength. That's how to manage a portfolio. And you better believe that every position I buy, I have tight stops on. Tight. What's tight to me might not be tight to you. Okay? You have to determine your own stop loss discipline and how to protect capital. So no matter how excited I am about energy right here, if it proves to be incorrect over the next couple of days or weeks, I'll step out. I'll reassess. So I hope this has been helpful today, guys. I wish you all the best of luck while you invest. Please consider how to manage your risk so you can take advantage of other people's panic. That's how to build net worth over time. Please like this if you do. If you've enjoyed this conversation, it helps me out. Comment if you have questions. I'll be more than happy to respond. Certainly subscribe. Have a great weekend, guys.